Hello and welcome to What the Story Ghost. I'm your host Annette. And I'm Stephen. And today we are on episode 33. 33 in the card. Isn't it mad though that we're doing something Irish folklore when we're on episode 33? Because everyone seems to think that the Irish say 33 really weird. What way are we supposed to? 33? You know, per- not normal people pronounce it with a TH, 33. Yeah. Whereas we pronounce it. Ter- Just with the T, a dirty T. 33. 33. Like 33, as in a a turd and a tree that has leaves. <laughs> that was really descriptive. You practiced that. Um, Stephen. Yes? Do you know anything about the puka? No. What's the puka? The puka. I'll tell you the story. I'll tell you the story. Well, that, when I said, what's the puka, that was your cue to tell the story. <laughs> Sorry. You crack on? Crackity, crackity. You find yourself in a B&B, somewhere deep in the Irish countryside. Your travelling companion is still asleep, so you decide to make use of the beautiful morning and take yourself for a walk. You lift your head from the pillow, and a truck hits you. That's what you get for letting the locals pick your drink. You know you can't handle your whiskey. But you figure a walk will help, so you get up, albeit slowly. Now it's still Ireland, so although it's a beautiful morning, you ready yourself for the Irish weather with your fluffy socks, your hat, scarf and gloves. You head down to the B&B's kitchen, hoping it's early enough not to bump into anyone before you've had a chance to down a cup of coffee. No such luck. You hear the hustle and bustle of breakfast being made in the kitchen. But just as you come off the last step down the stairs, the noise quietens and you just hear a faint whistling sound like a teapot. You round the corner and see that the kitchen is empty, thank God. Expecting to go through the motions of making an instant coffee to bring in your flask, you are elated to see that Tilly, the ban on tea, which is a phrase you learnt last night in the pub, but anyway, ban on tea means the woman of the house. You see that she's already brewed a huge pot of freshly ground coffee, none of that sachet stuff, and left a note saying, Help yourself, love. Well, he's by the door if you decide to go for a wander. It rained last night. You wouldn't want to ruin your lovely shoes. Heart, Tilly. You read the note and think to yourself, what a lovely woman. Oh God, did she? (gasps) She didn't. Did she bake fresh scones? You pick one up and it's still warm to the touch. Where in the name of God is this woman? She's never around, but always happens to leave out exactly what you need. You pour yourself a large flask of coffee and think this is the winning combination that is going to cure this hangover. You get yourself ready for your walk and as you're about to open the door, you hear her, the ban on tea, saying, Mind yourself, love. You turn around to say good morning and thank her for the fresh coffee and scone. But she's not, she's, she's gone again. Like she's an, she's not an old woman, but she is an older woman. How does she keep disappearing? Okay, you think to yourself, you haven't had your coffee yet, so probably best you didn't bump into her. So you head out the door. The smell of freshly fallen rain hits you and it is so refreshing. It nearly perks you up more than the coffee. You remember the local farmers telling you last night about a trail near the B&B that should show you what the real Irish countryside has to offer? Of course, intrigued to find out what the real Irish countryside was, you headed in that direction. On your walk, you pass homes that you can tell have stood for hundreds of years and walls that look like the stones were laid by hand 
They may have gaps between them, but they are sturdy. At this stage, you're second-guessing the hill that you've been walking down, thinking you're going to have to walk back up that soon. But the path is covered over like a canopy with the most beautiful but spooky trees. Spooky because autumn is nearing its end and winter is fast approaching. But your thoughts are abruptly interrupted when you hear a noise like a branch snapping. You check your surroundings immediately. You listen to way too many true crime podcasts not to quickly plan how you're going to take down the assailant. You turn around and you're faced with a ferocious tiny jet black rabbit just staring at you. Okay, you laugh out loud at yourself. Half because you feel silly and half because you have to let that nervous energy out somehow. You continue your walk. And you come across some bushes with fat, juicy-looking, ready-to-burst blackberries. You think back to when you were a child and your mum and granny used to bring you berry picking. Feeling nostalgic, you reach out your hand to pick a few berries to bring back to the B&B when you go for your seconds on those scones. And then you hear someone say, You're not from around here, are you? Thinking the worst, you turn around expecting to see a farmer with a shotgun pointed at you because you've accidentally stumbled onto private land and you're mauling someone's yummy stash of berries. Only when you turn around, there's no one there. Now, you're very aware that you're still a little on the delicate side, but you're not delusional. You definitely heard something. But there's no one there. So you reach out your hand again and think, I might grab just a handful and eat them on the walk back. You have your fingers on the berry and again, the voice of the invisible berry police calls out. I wouldn't eat those if I were you, love. You turn around and again, no one is there. But you know you heard someone, so you call out. Who said that? Sternly. Down here, girl, said the voice. You look down. Okay, okay, no, I'm going mad. I am having a conversation with a rabbit, you think to yourself. Oh, but you are, love, said the black rabbit. I just wanted to tell you not to eat those berries. They're not what you think they are. I'm still drunk, you think to yourself. That's definitely what it is. Okay, Mr. Rabbit, I won't eat the berries, you say with a smirk. And I wouldn't walk much further than you have along this path. It's dangerous down by the creek when it rains, said the rabbit. Okay, Mr. Rabbit, it's probably time I head back anyway. See you later, you say almost sarcastically. You walk away half laughing and half wondering if you should call your doctor and schedule a CAT scan. The walk back is not pleasant. Out of nowhere the heavens open and the downpour leaves you soaked to the bone. You get back to the B&B just as the weather seems to worsen, with a cold wind blowing now making the rain feel like acid on your face. Of course, you walk in the door and are greeted with a towel and a note saying, thought you might need this, heart Tilly. You take off the wellies, which you have to turn upside down outside the door, because evidently you've been walking in puddles. Your travelling companion finally decides to join the land of the living and apparently talking animals. Morning, hon. You look... Why do you look like that? She laughed as she poured herself a large mug of coffee. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. You reply, try me, she said, pouring you a coffee in a mug that says, kiss me, I'm Irish and has half a shamrock for a handle, which is really cute, but very hard to hold. I just had a brief chat with one of the locals. 
Someone from last night, she said. No, no, um, no, you say softly to yourself. I don't think they count as service animals, so definitely you can meet them in the pub. Okay, then, who, who are you talking to? A black rabbit, you finally say. She just stares at you, and you know what she's thinking because you taught it too. Are you still a bit drunk, lovey? She asks. Oh no, girlies, said a voice that came out of nowhere. That was a puka. You both look up from your coffee that you've been staring at like it was going to give you all the answers and you see Tilly, the ban on tea, standing in the doorway of the kitchen. Did they tell you to steer clear of the creek on account of the coming rain? She asked. Yeah, actually they did, you reply. How did you know? Pour out another round of coffee there and see the press above the fridge. Grab the good biscuits and I'll explain it all. They seem to be the most feared fairies in Ireland, but I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because they're usually seen at night. But there's never been any record of a puka harming anyone. I mean, yes, they are known to cause a bit of mischief, but so do children and no one's afraid of them, right? And then again, it all depends on who you're speaking to. Folk in County Down say the puka show themselves as hunched over small figures, nearly like goblins. Some in County Leash would describe the puka as a huge, hairy, buggy man. And then those in County Waterford and Wexford have said they come to them as an eagle. The puka are reported to be shapeshifters, so really any or all of the encounters would be true. Usually as an animal, they have jet black hair. No colour's ever really been noted when they appear in human form, just that they're commonly well-dressed, very nearly eccentric. They usually have piercing red or amber eyes and can speak like humans no matter what form they take and oh lord do they love to speak. They'll take the most mundane story of a trip to the shop and spin a yarn about a magical journey where life and death come into question many times. Common stories told by people who swear blind that they've had an encounter with a puka are by those who have usually had a few scoops in the pub and arrive home hours later than they were expected leading people to assume they got lost on the way home or just didn't leave the pub when they were supposed to, when in fact, a puka would have kidnapped you. The puka is usually in the form of a horse or a goat and somehow manages to convince you into mounting them and then off you go on an adventure. But the puka will return you either home or where they met you, but this is only a recent development. The legend goes that King Brian Burrow tamed and rode a puka by using a bridle that in itself had three hairs from a puka's tail. After this ride, Brian Burrow made all the puka of Ireland swear an oath to return those they kidnap at the end of a journey. The puka are harmless, albeit mischievous fairies, but have never caused harm. In fact, they're better known for steering people in the right direction. So if you ever see one, Say a friendly hello or give a nod if the words don't come or you're pressed for time. Because from what I've heard, if he gets you to sit for a story, you might be a while. What do you think of that story? That was deadly. Is that good? That was really good. I was like devastated though when you got to the end. I was like, get down the good biscuits. I was like, right, here we go. (laughs) And then you're like setting your... your, The facty stuff. But see, like... The facty facty stuff. stuff. We're a serious podcast. (laughs) The facty stuff. It's like this, the Irish folklore, you can just get lost if you let the words kind of tell the story. Now, I'm not for one second saying that I'm a great creative writer, but I really enjoyed it. And I thought to myself, 
if I just try and write the facts, it's very hard to write facts about folklore because it's subjective. I mean, there's like a number of different Norse legends or, you know, Scottish legends. And depending on who told you the story, they could all be different. So there's no point in saying, oh, I just want to read the facts. So I was like, oh, a story will be fun. Um, can you guess where I was kind of talking about? B&B? Yeah, where, where would the B&B have been? Oh, I'm picturing, now that you've asked me that, I'm picturing all the twos. Yeah, actually. All the it wouldn't have been all the twos. It would have been more so towards Killery because every time I walk down that hill, I'm like, come on, Stephen, you're going to do this. You're going to have a great swim. Oh, okay. And then I'm like, I have to walk back up this hill. The only thing well, is that's not shrouded over in yeah, trees. But the, the lady who runs all the twos. That's I'd, who I'd I had in mind. I'd imagine, yeah. yeah. But maybe she moved her brilliant, massive B&B closer to Killery. Which would be amazing. Yeah, then, <laughs> then we'd never get a booking. No. Um, okay. Okay. Serious talk. Okay. Putching. Yeah. Local Irish bar. She probably had a bit of putching. Okay. I have heard, and all, this, all the stuff that I put out as facts maybe not fact, for various <laughs> reasons, including my stupidity. But I heard that real putching back in the olden days when it was not so legal to make it. I don't think it's ever been legal. You can buy putching. You can buy putching at some places. You can buy putching, but um, the real stuff is you you drink it, you get very happy with life, and you go to bed and you wake up. But the alcohol crystallizes in your stomach. Oh God! So when you drink something else, water, fluids, it re liquefies it, and you you forget and you, you get drunk all over again. So she woke up. She had crystallized pudgy in her stomach and she coffee, coffee and then she was, yeah. she was super buzzed on coffee because maybe she was off coffee for six to eight months because, <laughs> I don't know, maybe she had high blood pressure or something weird like that. And then she forgot and drank the coffee and then she had a coffee buzz and uh, pudgy. Buzz again. Put, yeah, I yeah, want yeah. to say pudgy vision and she kept saying talking rabbits. All over the place. I, I, I've never heard of putting being a hallucinogenic. That would be a very vivid thing to try and imagine. And you'd need to have a very good imagination to be disturbed on three different occasions by a rabbit. And then all of a sudden the rabbits start talking to you. So mm, yes. unless she saw the rabbit and then the putting started to take. No, well, I actually believe in Pukas. I don't know why I'm taking your story into account. I'm just trying to see where you're coming from. But I, I just thought it was funny, though, because the... First time we went down to Galway, I think we were only dating a couple of months, and we went to the local pub that the field had been... The film the field had been shot in. Shot in it, yeah. And I was wearing a lovely blue dress, and you were wearing a lovely blue suit. The two of us walked in, and it was like Paddy and Joe and Tim from the local farm. Wearing a tweed that they were wearing when they were... Yeah. And that's not to slide anybody in that. No, anywhere. no, they were just they were just the locals, and that's kind of what I was thinking when I was writing the story. I was like, I love that. I love the whole old man pub feel because you can go in and have a chat, and I mean, you're not competing with the D. Don't get me wrong, I'm I'm old, so maybe you like talking over the DJ, but it was just a really lovely pub. Oh, it was a glorious pub to get us. But they um, look like the type that if you ask them to give you a recommendation, what's good. They'd go for the strongest stuff on the shelf and just go, let's see how long it takes her to fall over. That's what happens when you ask the locals to pick your drink for you. They're like, okay, let's give her a good night. Let's let's show her what Irish whiskey is really like, not the stuff that you buy in duty free or whatever. Like, let's mm. give her the, the putchy and stuff from behind the counter. Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was thinking when I was writing it. Have you heard stories of pukas before? No, I, I think I might have heard the word before. I never resounded on me, but realistically, it's... 
probably also she's never heard of them before. Really? Mm, that was interesting. Most of the time you'd find them in really rural, out of the way, nearly mountainside kind of regions. So that's why Killary came into mind because that's like literally all hills, like all hills. You throw <laughs> no hills. Yeah, no hills. You throw a stone and you hit the side of a mountain. Like that's it's just like it's gorgeous. Mm. Hannah Northridge actually made a suggestion. Um not for oh. this episode. Um, because I haven't given you any notice, but for the next episode, instead of picking random actresses or actors, or I'm not sure if everybody's just actors now, instead of picking random actors as characters, we should pick people from our family. And I'm like, that sounds like it could be really fun. It for also everybody sounds, in our family. yeah, no, <laughs> nobody yeah. else will know who we're talking in about. Canada now listening, and they're yeah. like, please don't do that. No, <laughs> who is this person? Um, that, or it could go the complete opposite way. And insert sibling here could be like, I'm sorry, are you trying to tell me I'm sassy? Or worse yet, insert sibling could become more famous than us <laughs> and have, have 14 followers. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. No. Have you got any characters for me? So I have three main people in mind. The Valentee. Yes. And the two girls travel together. The main protagonist, or what is it called? Is she a protagonist? The main person. And her travelling companion. Yeah. So, I don't know, like, the story could suit you. It could be your partner, it could be your sister, it could be your best friend, it could be a guy. I don't really care. Okay, so... Did you pick three girls? Well, yeah. Okay, cool. The ban on tea. Yeah. Bit of a role reversal, a change of pace for Kathy Bates here, but I think she'll do a great job. I think she'd be brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think she'd be looking like quick and, you know, in and out of the room before you even look. How, how did she know I wanted coffee? How did she know I wanted this? I think she'd yeah. be really cool. And then she'd be kind of like, come here and I tell you, grab the good biscuits there. She'd kind of do, mm-hmm. she's way too young to be a granny, but I think she'd play the older woman, you know, wise, kind of cheeky Irish I don't yeah. know if she can do an Irish accent, but I don't think she'd need we'll to. Google, we'll Google no, it. she's the American woman who married the Irish farmer. She went against her family's wishes to marry the American lawyer, and she decided to run away to Ireland and get married to a farmer. It's a it's a beautiful romantic story. She came over with a man who tried to buy the fields and married <laughs> and married the Bull McCabe. <laughs> anyway, I think, I think the Bull McCabe was already married. Okay, um, and then the two traveling girls, yes, Haley and Kendra. They're famous TikTok as opposed to famous hey, couple. I believe so. Yes. One's blonde and one's brunette. Yeah, oh, no, I know them. I know. Them. I don't yeah. know. I don't know a lot of their stuff, but they're really cute. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I think they play off each other. Uh, yeah. And a blonde girl, would obviously is the the main character who goes off on the has on the, the fairy walk. walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the brunettes go like, "No, you're crazy." <laughs> Are you still drunk? Yeah. Though? <laughs> yeah. Um. Though that's a really good cast. I could I could totally see that that story playing out. I thought it was really cute. Please let me know if that's kind of something that you'd like me to do more. Like maybe just a, re- a like a ten minute piece of just reading, um, like a story. Is it easier for people to hear stories rather than facts? Is it easier to kind of stay more engaged if it's a story or I don't know. Let me know who you are. Like we have listeners in India, and I have no idea who you people are. I want to know. I need to know these things because I fell down a rabbit hole the other day. Yeah, <laughs> I can't see exactly where. Like I can see um, in Ireland, we have listeners in Dublin, we have listeners in Cork, we have listeners in blah, blah, blah. And then in India, I can see what our equivalent would be of counties or what the US would have as states. I can see that. So I, I, I started to Google all these places and then I found, fell down all these rabbit holes of beautiful places in India and I was like, I'd love to cover somewhere in India. So Tell they us have... the ghost story 
Yeah. We'll do the research, yeah. But I was looking at all these places and I was like, and also if you could give me a phonetic way of sounding it out because there's so many places in India that are so gorgeous and so haunted and have everything that I want in a story. like, But I can't pronounce the names and I'm always afraid that I'm going to get it wrong or like offend an entire nation because I actually said a swear word like I don't know mm-hmm. um but yeah let me know if that's if that format works if it's easier to kind of listen to a story and kind of get the facts or I don't know are stories better or facts better the combination a story made from facts I think that one was good though because that had a story and then it had I like facts. that one. I might end up putting all this bit out but it is good to know what people like listening to I like the Irish folklore stories when you talk to Brian Brew and the Pookas yeah and I always remember one or two of Hugh Cullen, mm. and when you mentioned this is before you even mentioned Brian Baru, the, the story of when he how he when he was trained to be the fighter, mm. he used to be able to run through the forest with a slither on his hurl, but not stand or crack a single twig, mm. so he could just run silently through. While still balancing. Yeah, no, no, I remember. But that, the trigger, when you said you heard a a twig branch break, I was like, I know, it was a rabbit. Well, see, I originally was going to go with like a branch cracking or or a branch breaking or something loud like that because a lot of the common journeys that people take, but they're usually at nighttime, are with a very, like a jet black horse. So that would obviously make a lot more noise, but then I was kind of going for the whole, mm, no, I don't want her to see him right away. Or I want her to see a rabbit and think, ah, no, that's just a rabbit because that's how, that's how it happens. You're, you're out for a walk and, and it, uh, there's, it's not just in rural places. The Liffey has been known to seeing puka as well. Was the horse in Ternanog a puka pretense? He took off the boys on a journey. They got back to the end, and I think he, the horse and another fella rode off into the ocean at the end. I don't know. I actually don't remember that movie. That's how long it's been since I've seen it. So they could have rode off. I remember the... going to see it in the cinema with my auntie, my auntie Lisa, <gasps> and I refused to go. And I was like, Lisa, no, I am not going to see a western. I am oh, not. Okay. I don't yeah. Want okay. To. My my father used to look. Oh, still does western John Wayne's with his crooked smile and his waddly walk, and I'm like. Oh. At least this one's in colour this week. <laughs> like, my head would be wrecked. And now I'd probably sit down and watch the John Wayne movie because my dad's nowhere to be seen in this house at the moment. And you are now his age. And now I'm that he now was. The, Yes. <laughs> and how the turntables have turned. But uh, now eventually Lisa convinced me that it wasn't actually about... Because you and I know it as Tier and Oak, but the movie's actually called Into the Into West. Into the West. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes sense why you would... Because th- I was like, well, where are you going with the Western here? But that makes sense. Well, and in my defence, yes. the film was called Into the West. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> but you wouldn't have known that when you were little, though. I don't know is the answer to your question, if you remember you asked me a question. Because... For our listeners out there, here's some homework. Go watch Into the West. Yeah, definitely. It's such a good... It's that, the van, the snapper, the commitments, they're just absolute pure gold if you really want to know what ireland was like in the 70s 80s, 80s yeah. maybe as far now, as the 90s the three films that you just named there are part of the Roddy doyle trilogy they are actually they're completely a trilogy, separate yeah. they're much more comedy dark comedy i suppose irish comedy <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a whole other type it's of comedy just, it's just a different genre like 
looking back at it and us looking at it now, oh, Irish would find it PC hilarious. Correct at all. Um, especially the commitments is not PC correct. But Chain and Oak or Into the West is the actual title of the film. Is not a comedy, but it's a really good film, standalone film on its own. I don't know is the answer to the question. I don't know how much of this oh, is going to have change around. Um, I, I don't know because I suppose the common stories would be that it's either a black horse, goat, I don't know, it could be anything basically with four legs that can carry you. It's usually jet black. So I'm not sure if Tiernanog would class as a puka or if Tiernanog was just its own majestic entity. I'm not sure. Oh, we went on an adventure today. Adventure. Um, we did, we did. We actually went up to uh, Crumlin Road Jail. We had an absolute whopper of a time. And let me tell you why. That's a very weird thing to say when you go visit in a museum prison. We haven't done a lot of things that we used to do before the twins. And then we did. And they were good as gold. And I kept saying to see, I kept saying to Stephen, weren't they really good? And he's like, shut up, stop talking until they go to bed. Anything could go wrong between now and then. But they were good as gold. Um, they were great young fellas anywhere. They were, n- now, the only, the only issue I had <laughs> was when we walked out to the courtyard and we were on our way up to the grave site. One of the children had a premonition. I don't know if he had a premonition. Or well, he looked he, at the he... sky and laughed for 20 minutes. <laughs> So the boys will laugh if you if you play peekaboo. My sister taught it to them a couple of weeks ago, and ever since then, it's the only thing that I can do to get one of the boys to laugh. And this particular fellow sitting there, you know, twiddling his legs, minding his own business, and we get outside to the courtyard, and he breaks into a fit of laughing. Like, I can't make him laugh like that, and you can't make him laugh like that unless you're, like, tickling him or playing with him. And I was just like, um, okay. So we're leaving now, and it was funny, it was fine, and that was grand, until we got home, and then he started again, and Stephen darted a look at me as if, you brought something home with you. I was like, "You, in fairness, in fairness, you only asked me nicely not to invite anything home when we were talking about going to visit Kilmainham Jail. You never said anything about from the road jail. So technically, this is not on me. Sure, no, the boys, so you can go in. Anyway, anyway, we had a great day. Uh, it was super awesome. If you do actually have a couple of hours to spare, I think it took us about an hour and mm-hmm. 10, an hour and 20 minutes to get through it. There's some parts that we couldn't go to with the buggy. So it could, like, I mean, it says 90 minutes. It could take up 90, up to 90 minutes. But it, it was so much fun. And it's really, really good with explaining how different things went and um what each cell was used for and the position that each person had it was really really good i don't know are we weirdos that we like going and visiting museums no we love it yeah no yes we are weirdos. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. sorry that was mistaken in my answer there um, <laughs> yes we're weirdos i did enjoy it. the tunnel was cool i thought the tunnel was cool i thought i thought the tunnel was good and um, they only let you go down a certain part you go down some steps and then you go a little curvy bit and then you come up to the straight bit and you can see all the way across yeah and I liked the, the shape of the tunnel because, um, you know, it was a good spot for running utilities um, <laughs> through across. You know, and your photographer, your inner photographer was looking lines. at the leading line. Yeah. I did stick a little video up on the Instagram page and it's only I was trying to be discreet because there was someone already down there and I don't like taking videos with other people in them. And um, so I was trying to be discreet. So you can kind of see that it's a curved. It's curved first before it goes into the straight. But the guy... I think the guy who did like the hologram tours was saying that it's 81 meters long. Cause I remember in the episode, Stephen asked me how long it was. And he said, it probably wouldn't even be a hundred meters. It's not, it's 81 meters. But from 
the concrete above your head in the tunnel to the road that goes overhead, which is the Crumlin Road, there's, what did I say? I think you said one and a half metres. One and a half metres. There's a little over four feet of concrete between you and cars and buses and trucks. And I just think that's terrifying. We've digressed significantly now. <laughs> I, think we've, I think we've talked. We've, yeah, okay. Uh, think, we had like 14 think, minutes of my story and, and a chat. And yeah. then now here we are 49 yeah. minutes later. I think we're up to the awards. The segment of your story. Are we good? Okay, yeah. cool. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode slash waffle if you have any questions on today's episode or any other episode please dm us on our instagram what's the story ghost if you have any personal stories which i am expecting a few in soon super excited our email is what's the story ghost at gmail.com and with that being said do you say it or you say- <laughs> oh exit jingle <laughs> Good, I hope we keep some of the story and it won't make sense otherwise. Uh, bye. Bye.